Welcome back to Left of Normal, where everything that isn't right is left, and everything that is left is right. I'm your host, Scott Siri. If you haven't done so already, go ahead and hit that like button, subscribe to the podcast, leave a five-star review if it's available, and that will help other people discover this podcast more easily and hopefully encourage people to get out there and live their best life. Last week, we talked about how left of normal people are a bit socially awkward and kind of a why that is. Uh, As a previous guest put it, uh, we're total dicks. I mean, at least at first. Once you get to know us, we're generally pretty rad. If you haven't checked that one out, uh, and I suspect you haven't, because uh, as of now, the analytics show that it was a rather light listenership. Uh, Please go ahead and do so once you finish this one and then pass it along to your friends so they can recognize those socially awkward people aren't trying to be awkward. They just don't really know what to do. Uh, There are good things in that podcast on what to do or expect, how to spot the left of normal person while they're just out there trying to do people things. Today we'll have another look into kind of what goes through the left of normal mind, and I have a book that everyone should read and pay attention to. Uh, We'll get into that book soon, but first we're going to talk about some of the things that make us, us. And by us, I mean those on the spectrum, of course. So recently, Reddit has had an influx of memes that show the autism creature. Uh, If you don't know what it is, I recommend Googling it. It's kind of strange, and I don't really know how it became the official, unofficial mascot of those with ASD. Anyway, these memes, they show the creature with a word crowd or a phrase cloud around them, and they're various excerpts from the official diagnosis paperwork for those who have been diagnosed. Uh... Some of these relate to my own experiences, and some of them don't really define who I am, but they also they do define those on the spectrum. They're in no particular order. I'm just going to go I'm going to go through them and give my thoughts and how they affect myself and what to recognize in other people. Start off with unrealistic expectations. I'm pretty sure I have wildly unrealistic expectations for most people in most situations. They really just need to try a little harder, and the world would be much more peaceful. Existential angst. Personally, I find this to be less of an autistic trait and more of an anxiety disorder trait. Of course, anxiety tends to go hand-in-hand with autism because we largely don't have a clue what's going on So we're just a bit anxious about whatever it is we're supposed to do and whatever it is people expect us to do. Panic attack at the office and could not participate. So the summer after my senior year of high school, I managed to get hired on as a crew boy at Clydehurst Christian Ranch. All of my friends were doing it. They raved about how awesome it was. And so I applied and I was actually accepted. One of the few jobs I've applied to and actually got the job. So I talk about a little bit about some of those shenanigans in episode 27, uh, if you're keen on checking that out. 
while I was at Clydehurst, however, it wasn't totally awesome as it was raved to be. It was outside my routine, it was a different place, different expectations, and I ended up having a handful of panic attacks where I'd just kind of shake uncontrollably until I calmed down. I didn't last more than a few weeks at that job. Next one, opinionated. I am wildly opinionated. Most of my opinions are based on facts and research. I have learned, however, that I should not voice those opinions because conflict makes me scared. School was easy until 7th or 8th grade, and then it became, quote-unquote, not fun. This one hit pretty home, pretty pretty hard, uh, because I didn't really realize it until I read it. School was largely easy all the way through high school, especially. Uh, college was a little bit harder, but then again, it was pretty much if, if I studied, I'd succeed. It was in middle school and high school, though, where school became not fun. And it took me many, many years to realize it wasn't the schooling itself. The classes were relatively fun. The content was interesting and fun to learn. But it's all the social aspects of school and how I was supposed to act but didn't realize it. Again, it's that whole socially awkward thing that makes things not fun when you don't have a clue what's going on. Parents were devout Christians and they were raised with religion, had no choices. So this is pretty true to my own experience as well. Uh, when I was in high school, we were largely forced to attend Emmanuel Baptist Church. My dad said that's where we're members and so that's where we will go. And at that time, my friends almost all went to Billings Bible Church, which is where I wanted to go so I could, you know, go to church and be with my friends. But I had to go to Emmanuel Sunday mornings, Sunday evenings, and Wednesday evenings. I didn't have a choice, unless we were out of town or sick or something like that. So I mentioned it one day at school, how it sucked to have to go... Uh, how it sucked I had to go all the time. Maybe I was like 10th grade or so, and I mentioned how it sucked to be forced to go. And a girl in my class said, so when you're out of the house, like after you're 18, are you just going to be anti-religion, anti-God, and anti-church? And so I paused a bit, and it made, I realized my beef wasn't with the devout Christian part of it, but rather the aspect that I didn't get a say in it. I didn't even get a choice. I believed in God, and I still do, but I wanted my, it to be my choice and my belief, not something forced upon me. And at age 16, 17, it's, you're pretty well aware of what your own choices should be. Admitted they did not read any of the books assigned to them in high school. Now, I don't fully remember how many of the books in high school I actually did read. But for the most part, I largely did not read most of the books in high school. I'd read some parts, the majority of it maybe, but I almost always skimmed, skipped, and otherwise gleaned what I needed to know from classroom lectures. Now, keep in mind this was back in the day where I couldn't do a quick Google search for the summary of The Lord of the Flies, and if you wanted to cheat, you had to pay real money for the Cliff's Notes or rent the movie and hope that it's very similar to the book. Often wear the same thing for multiple days in a row. 
I still do this. It's easier. There's fewer decisions to be made, and most of the time I'm just sitting in my home office and never actually see anyone throughout the day. So I might as well just put the same thing back on. I mentioned in a previous podcast, I don't remember which episode it was, that I'm actually considering changing my entire wardrobe to all the exact same thing. Not just similar, just exactly the same. I haven't done this yet because I haven't found the shirt or the pants that feel absolutely amazing that will cause me to get the rest of it, get rid of the rest of everything that I own. Bad at dealing people bad at dealing when people are upset with them. Now I don't know if this is an autism thing, but yes, I'm quite terrified of making someone upset in the slightest, so I tend to be overly polite. When someone's upset with me, it's much easier just to run and hide and wait for things to blow over. Busy, crazy brain. And I believe this is actually comorbidity with ADAD or ADHD. Uh, yes, I'm pretty sure everyone has a busy and crazy brain in there, usually going 900 miles an hour. Mine is often just making up situations and scenarios that will never actually happen. Painful to be with people making too much noise. Now, here's one I didn't realize until recently. Uh, I believe I mentioned it in the podcast with Alex Clark as my guest just a couple episodes ago. Most of the time, I can tend to tune out the noises. Uh, I believe I learned it as a survival technique that I just had to develop. Otherwise, I would literally, my brain would literally explode. But sometimes one sound will, like, break past that barrier. And once it cracks it open, then now it's wide open and everything comes in. It's like that scene on Bruce Almighty. He's out to dinner and just bombarded hearing people's prayers. It's so much noise all at once that now all I can hear is like a hundred different conversations going on. Drinking too much. Reading about those on the spectrum and alcohol use, it seems that there are many left of normal folks who don't like the taste of alcohol, so they don't drink at all. And there are many others that don't like the way their brain works, so they drink too much. This year, one of my goals, one of my commitments is to not drinking two days in a row. Uh, So if I had a drink yesterday, I don't have one today. The only time I can have a drink is if I hadn't had one the day before. It's more of a way of disciplining myself and to overcome drinking alcohol as a habit. I wasn't getting drunk every day, but I was in the habit of having a drink or two every day. Now, for the first few weeks of this year, it was actually a little difficult because it was something in the evening I generally had a beer in my hand and so I almost didn't know quite what to do without that beer in the hand. Fortunately it was overcome as I said in two or three weeks and now it's not a issue. Cannot go to Costco. Uh, Shopping for me has never really been a problem other than the fact that I just hate to spend money I find absolutely no joy in what they call retail therapy. Costco doesn't bother me quite as much as other stores, such as Walmart, where they insist on having one of 37 registers open, and so lines are just enormous, and it's more of frustration that, get your act together, I just want to buy my things and leave. 
does not like social chit-chat or small talk. I, I believe we've been through this many times. The small, do- small talk dance is largely stupid and pointless. There is a very minor benefit from it that it establishes trust, and the small talkers will claim that it helps you get to know another person. I disagree a little bit on that. Small talk, things you know, like the weather should be nice. Saying things like, hey, the weather should be nice tomorrow. They really don't help you get to know, get help you get to know the other person. If you really want to know, get to know the other person and you insist on talking about the weather, something such as, I'm glad that it's nice out. I've been spending the days getting my garden ready. Do you also have a garden? Those will get a little bit deeper. They avoid the just strictly talking about the weather for talking about the weather's sake. And also, if you ask me about my garden, be prepared to listen for a long time because it's my happy place. Spontaneously offered information about searching for snakes and differences in mountain ranges. Now, this one made me smile just because it's awesome. Growing up, reptiles were one of my special interests, and I wanted all the reptiles. Mountain rangers are also awesome, so someday ask me about the difference between the Appalachians and the Rockies. Speech tended to be more formal. When I was a senior in high school, I had a friend that was a sophomore. He was your typical outgoing, uh, loud, loved-to-talk type person. He was the extrovert, just enjoyed interacting with people. Uh, In high school, I was all about skiing. Every weekend, I was on the mountain throughout the winter and uh, even after the season was over I would hike a few runs until the snow got too crappy and melted. This particular day I don't think it was in ski season but it was probably just before the season opened and it was raining in Billings all day long and at lunch the weather was brought up and I steered that conversation to it's kind of miserable here in town with this drizzly, drizzly rain but It should be good for ski season, that is, if it's actually precipitating on the mountain. The point was I didn't want to say if it's raining and or snowing. I I wanted it to be snowing. I didn't need to include both raining and or snowing. So I used the more formal precipitating, which encompassed both of them. Uh, The previous day, I had mentioned something about being bipedal, you know, walking on two legs instead of four legs. So the same friend laughs, and he says something about, oh, look at you, mister, all these big words, talking about bipedal locomotion and how it might be precipitating in the mountains. I still don't understand why it was so weird. I, I was using the common words. They're not really that big words, and they were just the most efficient ones to use to describe what was going on. Eye contact was not well integrated. A very formal way of saying eye contact is ridiculous, and we all know this. Prefers nature and things outdoors. Nature is predictable. Humans are not. Therefore, nature is great. Visually inspected a small fire safety map from a close distance. 
I didn't realize this was an autistic thing, but every time I'm in a hotel, I always inspect the fire safety map that's on the door. It's just there, and it's fun to get the overview look of what the hotel actually looks like and to know the most, the easiest and fastest way out of the building if there actually is a fire. Found the exchange boring. I often find exchanges, especially presentations, to be boring, as most people love hearing themselves talk, so often stuff that can be explained in a few words takes many more than a few words. Find most people stupid. Uh, This is just facts and statistics. By definition, half of all people have a lower than average intelligence. Which means that if even if you're just barely above average intelligence, most people are less intelligent than you and are, therefore, stupid. Uses obscure words to laugh at people when they're puzzled. I love using obscure world, worlds, obscure words. But that's just the grandiloquent nature of myself. I'm proud to be a sesquipedalian. Hates children. On the contrary, I love children. They're much less judgmental than whatever the opposite of children are. Sure, they can be a bit loud. So I think that's where this hatred of children is stemming from in this official diagnosis paperwork. Likes her pencils to be perfectly sharp. Why would you want a pencil that is not perfectly sharp? If it's not perfectly sharp, the lines get too thick and the words are much harder to read. But I largely don't even use pencil anymore because of a a bad pencil experience in college. In my classes, I had a notebook for each class. I would take copious notes, very detailed, and I normally would take them in pen. But one day I didn't have a pen with me for whatever reason, and I was like, oh, well, no big deal, I'll use my pencil. I took a couple pages of notes, and then the next day I brought my pen and went back to using ink. Test time rolled around, and one of my methods for studying was simply to read through my notes three or four times until I had them memorized. When I got to those days, or that day when I noted in pencil, it was so smudged that I couldn't even read parts of it. Just all that jostling around in my bag was enough to ruin the day of notes. So, since then, no more pencils. Black and white thinking. Most things, I believe, are just kind of black and white. There are some gray areas. uh, They're difficult to comprehend, so I just avoid them and pretend they don't exist. In school, earns mostly A's, but struggles to complete homework on time. I never really struggled to complete the homework on time, but I did earn mostly A's. Actually, it was all A's and B's throughout all of high school and college, with the exception of Dr. Carucci's cultural anthropology course, where I got my one and only C the final semester of my senior year of college. 20 years later, it still cheeses me off that I got that C because all my work was solid A and B material. But professors love to be jerkheads, and he had on the syllabus, class participation is expected and a part of your grade. I attended every single class. I never once missed one of them. I spoke up a couple times, but not that often. My final grade said B, 
and then it was lowered to a C because I didn't participate enough. When I went and complained about it, he merely said, well, it's listed on the syllabus as part of your grade. Of course, there are many issues with this, one being how much participation is enough. How big of a part of the grade is it? What constitutes participation? And there's a host of other ones there. It's just a completely arbitrary way of being an absolute jerk to the kids that are on the spectrum. Knowing what I know now, I would have gone to the department head, which was probably him anyway, and claimed discrimination due to being on the spectrum. Anyway, if you're a teacher and you make part of the grade mandatory class participation, please stop penalizing students. You might as well penalize someone in a wheelchair because the syllabus says, must walk into class every day. Okay, enough rants and raves about professors that are too full of themselves, and enough of my thoughts on various diagnostic stuff about autism. I mentioned a book, and I was going to have a bit more in-depth analysis of it, but I'm going to save that for a later, later time. Now, if you're flabbergasted at me for not going into detail on this book, it's by Mark Manson, uh, no relation to Charles Manson as far as I know, and it's called The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F. Uh, in today's society, especially, we're all outraged about everything, and if we could just chill a bit, the world would be better. We'll talk about that more at a later date. But for now, you've had a peek into the world where everything left is right. And if it feels right, then it must be left. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, like, comment, subscribe. Please join the Facebook community. Remember that often a left of normal thinks or acts the way they do because that's the way they've found is the most comfortable to do so. And of course, share this with your friends, whether they're left, normies, or right.